Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. Open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, found in the New Testament of the Bible, chapter 11, while we join the Old Fashioned Revival Hour just getting underway. Heavenly sunshine out to the millions listening in on the radio. Everyone taking part, young and old, singing Heavenly Sunshine. As you sing through the first time, turn around, shake hands with as many as possible. A great time of fellowship here as we're singing Heavenly Sunshine. All together.
seem to be. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. Hallelujah, he's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He'll never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manner he my hungry soul shall fill. And sweeping up to glory we'll see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. Hallelujah, he's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my griefs has taken, all my sorrows born in temptation he's my strong and mighty tower I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart and now he keeps me by his power oh all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore through Jesus I shall safely reach the shore hallelujah he's the lily of the valley
If you're not already receiving our heart-to-heart talks, be sure to write in requesting a copy, as I'm sure you will enjoy the devotional messages as well as the items of interest pertaining to the radio which they contain. If you find that the old-fashioned revival hour broadcasts bring comfort and encouragement, and I'm sure you do, in these trying days, won't you cooperate with us in bringing this same comfort and encouragement to others from week to week? Please write us today assuring us that you will do your part in this worldwide evangelistic endeavor.
Mrs. Fuller with the letters. Will you go right ahead, honey, please? Greetings, friends. I have some good letters for you today. And here is one from a young, young Japanese in Honolulu. Dear Reverend Fuller, thank you very much for the heart-to-heart talks and the prophetic Bible lessons which I've been receiving in the past months. They've been a great help to me and have strengthened my faith in God, especially since I was among those who worshipped the idols and did not believe in the living God. Whenever I have listened to the old-fashioned revival hour, there was someone from my family to listen with me. They are not Christians except my younger sister, but I know God has been using your broadcast to touch hearts. I am praying for you. Two doctors from South Dakota write very briefly, Dear Pastor, keep up the good work. Continue to preach the gospel to all America. With 47% of our population unchurched and many percent of the remaining men and women just lukewarm, I am afraid that we are just barely a Christian nation. Examining history shows clearly enough the fate that befalls nations who alienate themselves from God. Such a warning message of salvation as you give will set back the day for America by reaching wavering souls and by converting many. From the South, the lady writes, My husband and I are too old and broke down to walk to church, and we have no other way to get there. Our health is gone and nothing coming in. We listen to your broadcast every Sunday and must say that they surely help us to trudge on in the long, lonely journey. It makes us know that God does love us, even when we are old and broken down. And there is a home in heaven for us where we don't, won't have to be old and lonesome anymore. And here is a good letter from North Dakota from a 15-year-old girl who surely has found Christ as Savior in a very real way. It is such a sincere letter. I like it very much. Dear sir, we always listen to you and wish that your program was longer. We lost my little sister about a month ago. She was only seven years old, and we know that she is happy in heaven. But it is so terrible to be without her. The Lord has been such a comfort to me. I am 15 years old and am saved, but my family is not saved. The Savior is so wonderful and real to me. When I feel miserable and blue, I go to the Lord in prayer, and it just seems like he holds me close in his arms and drives away all the clouds and the sun shines again, and he makes everything all right. I just can't explain how wonderful the Lord is to me, the most wonderful friend a person could ever have. Isn't that a sweet letter? And then this last one, dear friends, we are just home from our vacation. We hated to leave for fear we would miss your program, which we've depended on for so long. Seems like you explain the Bible so clear that we common folks can understand. Well, we started driving west, and I want to say we heard you as clear as at home for three Sundays. The first Sunday we were in the mountains among the big pines, where the air was so clear, and our little radio brought you all right into our camp. The next two Sundays we were by the ocean in an auto camp, up above the cliffs, where we could look far out to sea, and it seemed to me that your music never was so sweet. The sermons from the Old Testament helped me a lot. I wish I had the faith of those men away back so far. Now we are home, all safe, and you come into our little house every Sunday morning, and we sure give you a warm welcome when the strains of Jesus saves start. And that is all I shall have time for today, friends. 
Let's stand, please, and sing one verse and chorus of Meet Me There. On the happy golden shore where the faithful part no more, when the storms of life are o'er, meet me there and remain standing for prayer. Everyone singing out heartily. Father, we thank thee for thy gracious word, which says that we reckon not that the sufferings of this present age are worthy to be compared to the glories that will be revealed in us. And we're looking forward to that day when these bodies of our humiliation will be fully redeemed and fashioned like unto thy glorious body. How thankful we are today for the blessed hope that when Christ comes, the dead in Christ shall arise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Absent from the body until he comes, at home with thee, if we should be called home. But we thank thee for the blessed hope. Comfort every sorrowing heart today, and may those who are standing by the grave where a loved one has been laid away, look through the tears and rejoice in the hope of the glory in the days ahead. Now save souls today, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.
Broadcasting Association from the Municipal Auditorium in Long Beach, California. Charles E. Fuller speaking.
Listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled Israel's Obedience. I'll provide information after Dr. Fuller's message on how you can contact us for a free copy of today's message or to request a catalog of the gospel music you've heard on the broadcast. Now is the time to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 29, as we rejoin the broadcast. Let's all sing in the Spirit. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty state. Just be seated and sing right out of your heart.
last broadcast, we have been considering God's dealings with his chosen people, Israel. We have seen them in bondage in Egypt and their deliverance out from under the cruel and wicked oppressor's hand. We have learned about Moses, God's man who was raised up in one of the darkest hours in Israel's history to be the human instrument to carry out God's plan of deliverance. We have seen Moses refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. We have seen him forsaking Egypt, relinquishing all of the worldly honors. We have seen him instituting the Passover in the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Now for today's broadcast, we learn of Israel's obedience their obedience of faith, leaving Egypt to go forth to be guided, instructed, sustained by God through all the 40 years of their wilderness journey. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Now the journeyings of the children of Israel from Egypt to Canaan comprise one of the richest, most spiritual gold mines of types and foreshadows of New Testament truths within the pages of God's sacred book, the Bible. Before we start exploring some of the rich pockets and veins of gold-bearing rock, I would like to give you a bird's-eye view an overall picture of this spiritual mining property, which exploration, I assure you now, will yield rich returns far above the value of any earthly gold. First of all, looking at the overall picture, we see Israel, that is, the children of Israel, in three different places or positions. Very simple. Israel in Egypt, Israel in the wilderness, Israel in Canaan. Each of these three positions in which we find Israel, each is a type or foreshadow of the believer's place and portion. Listen carefully now. Last Lord's Day, speaking upon the theme of Christ, our Passover, we saw Israel under the shelter of the shed blood of the Lamb, secure from judgment, at peace with God, Israel in Egypt, we saw Israel within their houses on that awful night of judgment when the death-destroying angel did its deadly work. There, calmly feasting on the flesh of the lamb roasted with fire, with their loins girded, shoes on their feet, staves in hand, ready to depart from Egypt. All this shows as follows. The born-again believer in the midst of a condemned world this present world system, ruled over by Satan, the god of this age, is under condemnation, awaiting the coming awful judgments of God. All this shows a believer sheltered by the shed blood of Christ, free from the wrath of God to come. God's word tells us that there is therefore now no condemnation or judgment to those that are in Christ Jesus. So, in the midst of death, that is, spiritual separation from God, the true believer is in life, 
sharing, partaking of Christ's resurrection life. The blood of the Lamb of God is the answer to all the claims of justice. The believer is at peace with God. He's seen feasting by faith on the Lamb of God, slain, daily experiencing the sweetness of fellowship and communion, even the fellowship of Christ's sufferings being made moment by moment conformable under Christ's death. The believer is a stranger and a pilgrim, clad in a pilgrim garb, the robe of Christ's righteousness. He stands on the tiptoe of expectancy, waiting for the hour when the Lord shall summon him home to be absent from the body at home with the Lord, or to wait for that moment as a living believer He shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye to be translated to meet the Lord in the air. In the meantime, while waiting, the believer is in the world, but not of the world. The blood of Christ is between him and the condemned world, and he has an express command not to leave his separated position until the morning but instead to keep continually pressing on to his upward calling in Christ Jesus, to learn more about his Lord, to grow in grace and the knowledge of the one who has purchased him by the shedding of his precious blood. Lesson, in Egypt, Israel was sheltered, feasting, waiting. The believer has salvation, communion, and the blessed hope. And like the Thessalonian believers of old, he has turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered him from the Rastika. Second, Israel in the wilderness their 40 years journeying in the wilderness. Here the nation, nearly two million people, were separated under God, sustained by God in the midst of the most desolate desert country. The Red Sea, a barrier between them and Egypt, separating them from their scenes of slavery and idolatry. They a chosen people, dwell alone, not reckoned among the nations. God is their guide, guided by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They are fed by God's manna, daily falling from heaven. They drink of the water flowing from the smitten rock, which followed them. They walked in God's light. They fought under God's banner. Egypt is behind them. Cana is before them. God is with them. Now all this beautifully portrays a believer delivered from this present evil world by the cross of Christ who gave himself for our sin that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God the Father. The believer is crucified 
to the world according to Galatians 6.14, looking forward to a better country, a heavenly country, for the believer's citizenship is in heaven. As a pilgrim, he walks quietly along the king's highway, redeeming the time and facing and experiencing many trials with failures at times. Sometimes he experiences the bitter waters of Marah, but immediately afterwards, these bitter experiences are followed by the sweet waters and palm trees at Elam. For every son that God receives, he child trains. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. The epistles to the Philippians, Hebrews, and First Peter. Let me repeat. The epistles of Philippians, Hebrews, First Peter, are specially addressed to the pilgrim in the wilderness journey. First Peter speaks of the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perished. Third, Israel in Canaan. A very brief word, and pray with me now. Canaan is not heaven. The book of Joshua records Israel's doings in the land. Jordan has been crossed. The wilderness passed. Egypt is far behind. They stand with sword in hand, a nation of warriors, no war in heaven, taking possession of the land. Or does not Joshua 1.3 say, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, even to the children of Israel. Now there's no idle life in Canaan. It is a constant fight of faith. Onward is the watchword. Onward, under the leadership of the captain of our salvation. And the epistle to the Ephesians is the believers Canaan. Ephesians, the Alps of the New Testament. For this epistle speaks often of the believers in heavenly places, fighting the good fight of faith, more than conquerors through him that loved you, fighting in the realm of the spiritual, not using carnal weapons, but using spiritual weapons to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians 6 especially speaks of the believer's warfare, Clad with the whole armor of God, he is then able to stand against the wiles of the evil one, that is, Satan or the devil. And that word wiles in the Greek comes from a word, or we have a word coming from the original, which spells out method. In other words, Satan. The God of this age has deliberate plans and methods to trap the believer. But if we are in the realm of the spiritual, risen with Christ, 
sharing his resurrection light, clad with the whole armor of God, we are able to stand against the methods, the deliberate plans of the evil one, and to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Thank God when you're in the realm of the spiritual, he gives you discernment. You can try the spirit, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is the Christ in the flesh is of Satan. In this spiritual warfare, God cheers him on, comforts him by telling him he is coming soon to be patient, under the coming of the Lord, to occupy till he comes. Now, lesson in summary. As a fact, the believer is in the world, but not of the world. As to experience, he is in the wilderness. As to his position, he is in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. I am bringing the old-fashioned revival hour to a close. Where are you today? Quiet before him, please. Are you in the world by nature a child of wrath, disobedient, no hope, no peace, no redemption, no salvation, dead in trespasses and sin, walking according to the lust of the mind and the flesh? If you are, I say to you today, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world, that Christ died for you, that you might be redeemed, purchased, bought back. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so I beseech you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, receiving him as your personal Savior. Then by God's power, he will deliver you from the power of darkness, and translate you into the kingdom of his dear Son. Then as to experience, you will be on the wilderness journey. Your position will be in the heavenlies, a good soldier enduring hardness for Christ's sake. Where are you? Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. I ask every truly born-again believer out in Radio Land and here in this fine visible audience to pray with me now as the invitation number is given and we beseech men and women everywhere to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ.
If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. For he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Friends in Radio Land, my heart goes out to you outside of Christ. Without hope, without God, no peace, a far off, alienated and cut off from the life that's in Christ Jesus. God says to you sweetly, come now, come all ye labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You want that rest, don't you? That rest of heart, that peace of mind. Having your sins washed away and put behind God's back forever, never to be remembered against you anymore forever. God will take your sins and cast them into the deepest sea. Wherever you are in Radio Land, if convenient, just kneel right by the radio now and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. Oh, father and mother and son and daughter, brother and sister, wherever you may be on this great international outlet of radio stations, wherever you may be, in the islands of the sea, in the mountains, out on the ships, hospitals, homes, in the cars, today, if you hear my voice, God says, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. Come now. God bless you wherever you're making the decision. To come out from the world by God's power and to be translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son and begin to walk with God, walking in the light as he is in the light, to have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing from all sin. Now while our heads are bowed in this visible audience here in Long Beach and we're praying for you, my, we're so glad to see so many here today. How many will quickly put their hands up and say, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I here and now want to accept Christ as my personal Savior. I'd like to be remembered in a word of prayer. Wherever you are, will you just put your hand up and say, pray for me. God bless you, sailor boy. God bless you over here. On the lower floor, anyone else, put your hand up and say, pray for me. Either you're in Christ or, God bless you, either you're in Christ or out of Christ. But God says, come, God bless you, girlie, over there. Another one on the lower floor. Anyone else? Put your hand up while we're praying. I'm taking plenty of time for the invitation on the old-fashioned revival hour today. Anyone else here on the lower floor say, pray for me. I want to accept Christ. God bless you under the balcony over there. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Say by the uplifted hand, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I want to accept Christ as my personal Savior be remembered in prayer. Continue in prayer as we leave the, the broadcast of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. This is Charlie Fuller speaking, bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you. We trust again for God's grace to be with you next Lord's Day if he tarry and we're still in the flesh.